What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Listen, this is the Footstool Podcast, and today is going to be a little bit different. Actually, from now on, it's going to be um, a little bit different. I've got my buddy uh, Colin Wilson with me, and uh, we've actually uh, decided we're going to do a collaborative effort uh, for this podcast. So today is going to be um, our first time collaborating together, and so I want to take some time today for uh, the ones that are new to uh, know who I am, and for uh, the ones that have been here a while to know who Colin is. So we're going to take just a couple minutes to, to introduce ourselves, and then we're going to get into some, um, some, some material that hopefully would be applicationally um, good for you, and that you can apply um, as we uh, live the life that we have today in this uh, uh, pretty rough and, and crazy time we find ourselves in. But first, let's, um, let's, let's listen to, to Colin. Colin, tell us who you are, what you've been doing the last couple of months, and why you wanted to uh, do this podcast. So, uh, like he said, my name is uh, Colin Wilson. I'm the student pastor at Jamestown Baptist Church in Conway, South Carolina. I've been here for about two months now. Um, before uh, this, I was in the upstate at a church called Revive Church in Piedmont, South Carolina, um, as a part-time student pastor. So this is actually my first full-time uh, student pastor job, um, the first ministry job where I would uh, have the time to be able to sit down here at 9.30 in the morning and record a podcast, which is awesome. Uh, it's really cool. So uh, yeah, I actually met Kylie um, when we both worked at McCall. He was uh, my uh, mentor assigned to me. Uh, my first year working there at Camp McCall, and that's how we met and got hooked up, and we've just been keeping in touch and doing stuff together in ministry ever since then. So um, as far as the podcast goes, I took it upon myself to start my own podcast uh, a few weeks ago, recorded an episode. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was the best podcast episode I ever recorded, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure that uh, the only listeners were probably my mom and my dad. And my wife, but that's also because I sent it to her and stood there over her like this and was like, are you listening? Are you going to listen to my podcast? So uh, uh, after talking to Kylie a little bit, um, I just kind of felt like, hey, uh, you already have a podcast with uh, listeners, with followers. Um, You do it well. So instead of uh, both of us doing our own separate podcasts, why don't we just uh, combine and collaborate and do this thing together? So yeah, that's kind of how we got to this Point where we're at now, where we're doing this podcast together. So I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, just a little bit about me. I'm, I'm Kylie, and I am the youth and worship pastor at North Anderson Baptist Church. And um, probably a year and a half ago, we started this uh, podcast. And by the way, this is uh, Colin and I's first time trying to do this and trying to do video and audio. So this we're on like take twelve. So uh, <laughs> we're. We're just we're 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 rolling with the with the punches here, and we're gonna try to get this figured out. So as we do this, hopefully it'll be a little more smooth. But uh, yeah, so I, I've been uh, North Anderson. Actually, uh, the seventh of August was my fourth uh, fourth, I guess, anniversary. So I've been here four years, and I've uh, been able to see the Lord work. Um, but yeah, the, the podcast specifically, and and something that that we wanted to do when we started this was we wanted to have something unique, right? You um, Christian podcasts can um, I mean, we're pretty much beating a dead horse, right, with, with Christian podcasts. So specifically the name, I wanted it to be something that's different and something that's catchy. And so the reason we called it the Footstool Podcast um, is because, and, and I think this is they're very applicational to where we find ourselves right now, um, what we hear from the Christian worldview is not, um, we, we don't hear hope, we don't hear victory. What we really hear right now, specifically where we find ourselves, we, we hear a lot of defeat, 
And I think what we've seen um, in the past five years or so is we see a um, kind of we're, we're, we are seeing the fruit of this escapist mentality, right? That most believers are not worried about um, their civil government. They're not worried about what's going on in the culture because ultimately their worldview says the worse that it gets out there, the really the better it is for us. And we've really kind of... Um, we've gotten kind of a, a semi-gnostic view of the world, right? And where the world is bad and we just want to go to heaven. When in all reality, that uh, that is completely uh, antithetical to the gospel message, to the Bible. Um, and so, um, why footstool? Well, uh, Psalm 110, 1, um, it says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Um, and so that's really, it's a messianic psalm, the whole Psalm 110, but Psalm 110 verse 1 is the most quoted New Testament or, or Old Testament verse in our New Testament. It's quoted everywhere, um, and it's a message of victory. And um, so in, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul actually says, here's, what, here's when the end actually comes. The end comes when um, the kingdom of God is ready to be delivered over from Jesus to the Father. And then Paul says that he must reign until all of his enemies have been made a footstool, and the last enemy to be defeated is death. And so that's really when the end comes. It's not when the, the world gets as bad as it can be, and then Jesus comes to rescue us. The, the biblical proclamation is actually that the end comes when Jesus has made every last enemy his footstool, a footstool under his feet, and the last enemy to be defeated um, is death. And so that's why we, we, we started the podcast. We started to wanted to, to, to preach uh, victory and hope even in our circumstances. And so um, that's really a good transition to what we wanted to talk about today. And um, I wanted to talk specifically, I think this is an important message for the church in general. We need to be reminded of this, um, but, but specifically where we are right now, where we find ourselves um, in our culture, what's going on in our government, coronavirus, all the things that, that are swirling around right now. Um, we want to talk about really the implications of the gospel message and how that um, that message really needs to be spoken into the culture instead of you know kind of hit away into uh, the church. Um, so, so Colin, what do you think? Like for our, the current culture that we find ourselves in, what are the implications that you see maybe from Scripture, uh, or what what mandate do we see in Scripture about preaching the gospel to it instead of you know kind of backing away and, and cowering away from from the evil and from the things that we definitely see uh, today? Yeah, well. I mean, ultimately, as Christ followers, we know that the gospel is the answer to all this, right? And there's, I mean, there's no other answer to this other than the gospel. And, you know, I do think that a lot of times as believers and as the church um, nowadays, we're trying to come up with our own solutions to things. And, I mean, I do this myself all the time, like, oh, here's a solution to this and here's a solution to this. But ultimately, um, the gospel as believers and as the church as a whole, and as individuals, that's the answer to all of it. Um, we've been talking in my student group, we've been going through and hanging out in Romans 5, 1 through 5, for about the last four weeks. Uh, we've been in a series called uh, Stronger, and we've been talking about what God does even during times of tribulation or trials. And we've been talking about the fact that, you know, because we're justified, like Romans 5, 1 says, we have a peace with God. If we have a peace with God, then that, that trumps everything. We have access uh, to grace, and he counts our faith in Jesus as righteousness because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So we've been talking about, and we talked about last night, what that means. Like 
when we're talking about peace with God, it doesn't just mean, uh, oh, well, like I'm going to go sit at the beach at sunrise and read a book and take a picture for the Insta story because this is this is so peaceful. Like wake up in the morning before everybody else and sit my coffee on the recliner and I found You found like, peace, those, yeah. Finally, yeah, all yeah, those yeah. things, but yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> that's that's not the kind of peace we're talking yeah. about here. We're talking about peace with God, whereas before we're alienated from God because of our sin. Uh, God has anger and wrath towards sin. We can't stop sinning. So there's this. I mean, there's an obvious problem there, and because of what Jesus does, we can have peace with God and we can have right standing with God. And you know. The reason we've been talking about this with my students is just because I want them to understand this. Even when they're going through this, the daily pressures of life, or even when they see all the negativity around them uh, on the news or on Facebook, this is something we have to come back to. We just have to come back to the truth yeah, of the gospel. Awesome. For yeah, and something you said, Colin, uh, the gospel really, it, the foundational truth of the gospel is that there is a there's a distinction between the creator and his creation, right? So you said that there's, um, we can't stop sinning, and God has wrath against it, right? And the Bible even says that those that are that are not in Christ, where where we used to be, right? If you're a believer, you used to be in this position. We are actually enemies. We're in enmity with the the Creator of the universe, and that's not a place that's not a place that you that you want to be, right? Um, but I think that distinction, the Creator and creature distinction, um, that has to be the foundational uh, truth of, of really the gospel in and of itself, is that God created everything. And then again, this goes back to our view of the world. When God created it, what did he say it was? He said it was good, okay? Now, sin has definitely uh, uh, changed um, aspects of the creation, right? Romans 8 says that, that the creation itself is actually eagerly awaiting its adoption, right? So we know that even creation is going to yeah. go through the, you know, the death and the resurrection narrative that we that we went through spiritually, that Jesus did physically, but even the creation's waiting for the moment where Jesus is revealed because it too was subject to the sin that Adam and Eve brought. Right. So the world that we we see, I think a lot of us too, um, and this is just kind of an aside. I was reading a book uh, by Douglas Wilson. It's it's called um, a Heaven Misplaced, and he talks about that uh, the the modern Christian view of heaven is some ethereal. Uh, floaty, just um, really, it's a scary, it's a scary, I remember as a kid just being um, really frightened of of <laughs> heaven, right? I was like, you know, am I going to be, am I going to be a human being? Like, what what am I going to be? Like, um, but but really, in, the, in all reality, here's the, the biblical proclamation is that, yes, when you, if I, you know, if I passed away today, you know, Paul says to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord, right? We, we believe that, but that's not the final place. And a lot of a lot of modern day believers believe that you know this heaven, this ethereal floaty place is the final destination. When all reality is that no, creation it was 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 created good and God says that he's going to reverse all the things that happened in Adam, the sin that, that corrupted us as 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 human beings, but not only us, but the world. Um, and, and the Bible says that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Now, we know that Jesus isn't the Savior of every human being. We're not universalists here, but he is the Savior, and he's not the potential Savior either. He is the Savior of the world, the cosmos, the very creation that we find ourselves in. So here's the, the beautiful part of, and somebody that's listening, maybe maybe have never heard this before, but the beautiful part of the gospel is that we are going to be, um, we're going to be human beings, right? The, the, uh, uh, Paul says that Jesus was raised physically, and we're going to share in the same resurrection that Jesus had. 
right? Now, this is hard for us to really wrap our brains around, but think about Jesus when he was resurrected. What did he do? He was sitting on the beach, cooking a barbecue up. He was eating fish. He was eating breakfast, right? And he was there. What did he tell Thomas to do? Feel me and touch me. Um, Jesus had a, yeah. a, a, a body, a physical body, and it was different, of course. It was different than the, um, than the body he had when he, when he died, but he had a body. And the Bible says that we're going to share in that same resurrection. And so all the implications that go from that is that this world is not to be tossed away and destroyed. The very uh, uh, sight and touch and smell, all the things that make life so so wonderful, um, weren't made to just be thrown away and destroyed, right? Um, and you said, you know, there's this relationship, right? We have sin, we can't stop sinning, and uh, God has wrath against it. And then in the middle we see the cross, right? The cross is the point where where God's grace and his mercy and his love and his wrath and his justice, it meets together. And we can't have one without the other, right? You can't have a cross that's just about love and caring. He loves everybody without an understanding that, that the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. And again, you, both sides, you can, you can emphasize one side over the other too much too. Um, but really, I think if we, if we really get the foundational issue of the gospel is that God is the creator and he created everything good and man decided to rebel and that's what brought, uh, brought sin and, and death into the world. But yet, even in that point, um, the, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5 that, that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus was always plan A for redemption. There was no taking God by surprise. And all of this was, was part of the, the sovereign plan and purpose of God. So again, what we see in our culture, um, there's nothing in the universe that is kind of, that's out of his control. right? He has his hand on all of it. And, and the crazy thing is, and especially for today, we can say as believers, as Christ followers, that, that history is actually going somewhere. That it's not just randomized craziness. It's not just a bunch of, uh, you know, um, stardust bumping into stardust. This is actually something that's going somewhere. And that's a, that's a provocative thought for the, the, the modern person um, and the modern culture we find that, that says there's no purpose, there's no plan for all of this. And so when we say history is actually going somewhere, I mean, that's a crazy thought for, um, for our culture. Um, but what do you think about, so like we've, we've said, you know, the gospel is that we've gone from one, one, one place in enmity with God um, through Christ and his work, his righteousness. We've been brought to that. What do you think, what does the gospel do, though? Like when we say, when we, say um, we look at our culture, what, what does the, biblically, what would the gospel do to a culture that we find ourselves in like today? What do you think? Well, I believe, and I believe this because of what we see throughout Scripture. Um, we can just read through the book of Acts and see the results of the gospel penetrating a society and a culture. I mean, when the gospel started moving into the culture and into the society and the early church, uh, people were radically changed at heart. And because of that, community, communities were radically changed. You saw people selling everything they had and bringing the proceeds to the apostles and saying, here, distribute this um, as it's needed. And today we would look at that and say, well, that's, that's socialism. We're not, we're not going to do that. Um, and there is a difference between government-mandated wealth distribution and gospel-driven wealth distribution, obviously. But that is what the gospel does. The gospel changes a society and can change a culture by changing the hearts of individuals. And I think a lot of times... I know for me personally, we look at these big overlying problems in our culture 
and in our society, and we forget about the individuals that we come into contact with every single day, whether it be at the gas station, whether it be um, at Walmart, whether it be, um, for me, I have people coming in and out of yeah. the church um, all the time. And sometimes we start to look at these big problems that we see in society and culture that Facebook and the news are screaming at us, hey, this is a huge problem. So instead of um, sharing the gospel with that person that I come into contact with at the gas station, I feel like I'm doing more of my part as a Christian by typing out a really well-typed-out Facebook post about um, uh, about racism or about socialism or about something like that. When in reality, we can look at Scripture and see that the gospel changes culture by changing people's hearts. And that's the only real heart change that we experience. It's an organic change that comes from what Jesus does and did on the cross and what the Holy Spirit does in and through us is so much different from behavior modification. Um, it's so much different than us just willing ourselves to do better individually and then willing ourselves to go outside of ourselves and look out for others because we can't do that. It's not in our nature to care about other people. It's in our nature to care about ourselves and look out for ourselves and do what we want to do and don't do what we don't want to do. But what the gospel does it speaks new life into us. It literally changes our life to where we are inspired by the Holy Spirit to go out and want others to know this truth. I want others to know this joy and this peace that I have because I'm justified. I don't want people around me to go around not knowing. Like you said, people are all around us and they don't know why they're even here. They don't know what the purpose of this is. So what the gospel does is changes us individually, changes our hearts and that's how, that's how we see a society and a culture change, just by simply speaking the gospel into every area that we possibly can, into every person that we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, what you said about, uh, you know, trying to speak into the culture, hey, change, change the way you're acting, change the way you're acting. Or um, I think we, we have a thought, you know, let's just get more conservative guys in our local government or in the government abroad, and that'll change, that'll fix it. And that's like telling... Right. Uh, like that's like telling somebody who's sick with the flu, like, "Hey, man, you look really weak. Like, how about you go just eat a Big Mac and a large fry from McDonald's, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't do anything, right? It actually will probably make them more sick, right? What, what's the foundational issue? Is yes. there, there there's a sickness there? And what you said about the heart, and, and until true heart change happens in our culture, then nothing will change. And the only way heart change occurs is. is is if we preach the gospel faithfully, um, and so yeah, the the what does the gospel do? Here's what I would uh, here's what I would uh, I would say. Um, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28. Basically, he said, "Listen, hey, I'm peacing out. I'm leaving, uh, but I'm not going to leave you alone. Um, somebody's coming after me. But basically, hey, you're going to change the world. See ya, right? And and when when Jesus when Jesus in, in Acts one when he when he ascended into heaven right I'm sure I'm sure that the the apostles they looked around and they're like huh this nothing really radically changed when Jesus left right there you know the sky wasn't a different color right it was it was all the same and I'm sure most of them thought um, there's no way Rome will ever fall right. I think if you if you would go back to the first century that that would be hey you think Rome will ever fall no no way right and so I think today like if if we think we look at our culture we're like man it's just too far gone but yet yet we see in in scripture that these these twelve you know confused men after Jesus 
ascended, and then you know a couple hundred uh, of the early church followers. I mean, they turned the world upside down. And how they do it? And here's the oxymoronic um, part of of really the biblical message of the gospel is that it doesn't the, the gospel doesn't a, a proclamation of the gospel. It never gives anybody a new car or a new house. It never brings anybody comfort. What it, what it brings is is suffering. It brings beatings. It brings murder, right? Stephen was was murdered. And even even through that, we see um, that, that Jesus in, in Acts says, hey, you're going to be my witnesses here. You're going to be in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? And then he leaves. Um, and you go through the book of Acts and you get to where Stephen is murdered. And it says that there was a big persecution that came out of the church. And where was the church scattered? Well, they were scattered to Judea and to Samaria. And so Jesus had just told them they were going to be his witnesses in those places. And how did they get there? It's not like Jesus didn't say, hey, let's, let's you know, just take them there as easy as possible. No, it was a great persecution <laughs> that brought the church yeah. where they were. And the Bible says that the people of God were, were obedient to preach the message where they were. And that's the, that's the truth of the gospel. And here's the crazy part. Jesus said to his disciples, hey, um, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Right? There's no black and white, or there's no gray there. That's black and white. In this world, you will have trouble. He says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So how do we, uh, how does the church speak into the culture? Well, it speaks a message of light into the darkness. It speaks a message of, of life into a culture that loves death. What does Jesus say we're to be? We're to be salt and light, right? Salt's a preservative. And what do we see with our culture? If, 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 we're, if we want to really think about this as the church, if Jesus says we are to be salt, we're to be a preservative, if all we see in our culture is decay, well, what in the world does that say about the churches? What, how have we done with that, that call? Um, but here's the crazy part, okay? A lot of us sell out for uh, comfort, right? Um, I, I know me personally, man, at the, at the first sign of, of, of any um, persecution or any hardship, man, I fold like an old wallet, right? And I think all of us really, really, um, we... We have sold out for comfort for too long. And I really think, man, we're seeing the fruits of that, right? We're seeing the fruit of, of that. And here's the message of the gospel. It's to come and to die. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Come on a death march. And even then, the whole, all the crowd's left, and he's left with those 12 confused disciples. And he's like, hey, are you going to leave too? They're like, well, no, you've got the words of eternal life. And so basically the gospel message is, hey, come and, come and die. Die to yourself spiritually, right? Be resurrected in Christ. But not only that, all of those disciples that were standing there, except for one, actually died for uh, the message of the gospel. And, and so as us today, we are standing on the backs of men and women who were faithful to, to preach the gospel even unto death. And that's the oxymoronic part. And that's the part where we as the modern church have really, really missed is to suffer for the sake of the gospel. At the first point of suffering, we cower away um, and we, um, we, we, we fall away. And I think, again, we're seeing the fruits of that. Um, so here, here's the question then, right? We see the culture that we find ourselves in. We see biblically that, that the, the gospel actually does change a culture. Um, what's the message that we give to the culture, what should be the message that we that we bring to the culture that surrounds us? So for the for the believer right now that's sitting there, like, gosh, this is you know they're thinking about the culture that we see, um, and it's like, gosh, it's just it's too big for me to even think about trying to change. What what's the message that we bring? And you said something earlier. 
let's not focus on the the huge Mount Everest. Let's focus on the the individual that we know that we see every day at QT when we're getting our coffee. Let's let's focus individually. But what's the message that we give? What what, what do you think? Well, first of all, yeah, it's just like you said. If we as individuals, if I look at these large scale problems that we see in our culture, and America's got plenty of them. I mean, take yeah. your pick. Uh, you know, if we look at these large scale problems and try to take it upon ourselves to try to make some kind of change, then what we're going to end up doing is a lot of futile things like uh, trying to speak truth uh, into Facebook yeah. or just basically we end up turning in on ourselves and just thinking, look how terrible society is and thinking we can do nothing about it versus looking at how the early church operated and the way that they operated is there's a lot of prayer involved, right? They would meet together and pray. So if there's, um, and there's nothing too big for us to pray for, right? Um, not only can we pray for um, our families and our church, our local church and our community, but take that bigger, pray for America, Okay, the prayer is bigger than anything that I can do as an individual because we're appealing to a higher power. And ultimately, it is just looking at what it is that God is calling you to do as an individual. What is God calling you to do maybe in your home? Maybe it starts in your home. Okay, maybe it starts on your street. Maybe it starts with discipleship and finding that one person maybe who's already within your local church that you can pour into and that you can disciple for the gospel. And maybe they are going to become the next great uh, pastor, right? So it's a lot of taking our focus off of, I think it's a lot of taking our focus off of these large-scale problems and thinking that we as individuals have to come up with the solution, yeah. which I get caught up in all the time. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna type up a Facebook post that's going to end racism, just yeah. like <laughs> on the spot. Like as soon as yeah, I hit, as soon as I hit post... Yeah. All the racists are just going to wow. be like, oh yeah. my goodness, it's like, this, I don't even know this guy. He's got like 50 followers yeah. on Facebook, but you know what? Yeah. I, I'm wrong, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's more likely for someone's heart to be changed by me speaking to yeah. them, speaking the gospel truth into them, like on a one-on-one -on -one basis, sure. than anything that I can uh, post on social media or uh, just try to speak to these large-scale problems. So I think that it really does come down to praying about what God wants for me yeah. today. Like, God, how can I serve you today? How can I speak truth um, into a broken world for you yeah. today? And not working for Him, but working from what He's already yeah. done in yeah. us. Working from the fact that I'm justified and that I stand in grace and that I have peace and joy in that. Not that I'm laboring enslaving away trying to earn my salvation but because I already have it I'm standing in grace not sitting in grace I'm standing in grace and I'm ready to yeah. serve and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to just open my mouth yeah. you know and what are we scared yeah, of for sure what are we scared and of and again I think this all this all I, I talked about at the beginning we for um the past 100 years our our worldview as as Christians is a is a is a worldview of really defeat right and that Ultimately, the church will be defeated. The culture will continue to get worse and worse and worse. And then Jesus is going to be like Saigon, right? The the and um, and he's going to have to come in here while the trees are on fire and come out and with a you know Apache helicopter and and get us out of here, right? That's that's really the but that's the worldview. And again, here's what here's what like you've played sports, right? Um, think about yeah, think about like like in high school, you know, you're getting ready to go play a football game. The coach is like, hey man, like uh, here's the deal. 
um, all season. You're gonna you know put blood, sweat, and tears into this. You're gonna work so hard, um, and then we're. But there, it doesn't matter how how hard you work. We're not gonna win a single game, and uh, you know. Yeah, let's go. You know, who wants to who wants to be involved? That who wants to put that effort into it? And it, it, it we can say all that we want. It doesn't matter if that's our if if we have a thought of defeat, that is going to change the methodology that we use. But but if 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 what we what we see in scripture is a, a gospel that's going to be victorious in history, that uh, Isaiah forty two says that um, this servant whom God has chosen, Jesus, is, is going to bring justice to the nations. And he's not going to grow faint or weary until all the nations have been brought forth. The justice has been brought forth to the nations. It says the coastlands are awaiting his law, right? The very ends of the earth. And if that's our message of, of victory, of the gospel actually changing the world, then again, that, that, that changes our methodology. It's not a methodology of defeat anymore. It's that what I'm doing actually brings, it's, there's a step towards a direction. Um, and again, it, it all comes back to what, what's our ultimate worldview? Do we believe that the gospel actually can save this culture um, or, or not? Um, so again, I think, I think you're right. And it, and, it, and it starts with us individually, really um, uh, try, digging down and, and understanding where we are um, individually and going uh, forth. And, and like the, the parable of the sower, right? It's not the, the, the parable of the, of the sower is not about... Uh, necessarily the sower sowing seed, but he's what is he doing? He's just he's just tossing seeds, right? And it's really a, a, a parable about the, the 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 different soils, right? And so what we do is we just we 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 throw the seed, right? We uh, we throw it, we throw it, we throw it, and we allow God to to take care of, of the rest, and that's what we do. Um, and that's what the the apostles did. And if you see it through the book of Acts, thousands are coming to faith. Thousands are coming to faith. Then persecution happens. People die, but thousands are coming to faith in Christ. And what's their message? Their message is this. Their message is that Jesus is Lord, not Caesar, right? Not anybody else. And that's that, that message right there is why precisely any Christian who preaches that message will come into conflict with the, their current culture. Because the culture doesn't think that Jesus is Lord, right? They don't. Yeah, they don't believe that Jesus is Lord. They don't want Jesus as Lord. But that's ultimately um, the message of the gospel. Culture says you are yeah. Lord. Yeah. Culture says yeah. me. Yeah. So say that I am. I am Lord. But in all reality, no. Jesus is um, Lord. But again, that's here's what's here's what's so crazy. There's a um, I forget what war it was, but there was a guy um, in one of the wars. He he um, was a soldier, and he ran into the woods and he hid. Um, and he was there for like five years, okay. And the war, the war ended, okay. And this guy's still in the woods, had no, has no idea the war's over. And five years later, after the war's over, he walks out of the, he walks out of the woods, and he, he surrenders. And people are like, "Hey, bro, you know that war's been over for a while, okay." And that's where, really, but that's 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 how the gospel really works, right? The war's over, victory's been won, and so the unbeliever, me, you, when we were unbelievers, we were that guy that walked out. Thousands of years after the war's over, and said, "Hey, we surrender," and God's like, "Hey, that war's that war's been over, right?" But what's our what's our message? Our message is, "Hey, Jesus is King. War's over. Like, come quietly. That should be the message, right?" And again, we do it with all grace, and, and uh, we do it graciously. But but again, that's the the message. And if it's not the biblical gospel, here's the here's the really the um, for us as believers. Here's how we know we're preaching the biblical gospel. It's if we 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 come in conflict with the culture that we're in. That's how we know. If we're not, then it's not the biblical gospel. 
Okay, um, but yeah. So, so again, these are these are things um, foundationally as a believer. Um, we have to be reminded of over and over and over again. Because again, we become jaded to to the truth of the gospel too. Like I, I become jaded to to the fact that that um, all the all the steps that that were taken in order for for me to be in the point of where, where I'm at today. So again, I think it's a it's a good thing for us to 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 look at this and to to talk about this. Um, before we go, Colin, um, uh, why don't you why don't you share the gospel? Maybe there's there's people that, that don't uh, that, that haven't uh, come to repentance and faith in Christ, and, and we want to again give give an opportunity for those uh, uh, to do that. So why don't you why don't you share the gospel with um, with the people that may be listening that, that don't know Jesus as their Savior? So yeah, here's the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Um, and before uh, the good news, there has to be bad news to go with, right? Yeah. Right. So the bad news is like we talked about earlier because of our sin. And this sin goes all the way back to Adam and Eve's rebellion in the garden and the story of creation. Because of our sin, we are alienated from God, right? We're separated from God. God has wrath towards sin. And because of this, we're separated from God. And we can't have a right relationship with God. Jesus changed this for us, okay? So Jesus, by living a perfect life as God in the form of man, fully God and fully man, he lives a completely righteous life, a perfect life, never sins, and becomes that righteousness that we can't achieve for ourselves, right? So then he dies. He dies that death that we are sentenced to die. Um, Romans 6.23, I believe it is, says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus dies this death that we're sentenced to die, and then he rises. So we die with Christ, and we rise with Christ. And whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So God takes our faith in Jesus and counts it as righteousness. And it doesn't mean that we are righteous, and it doesn't mean that he makes us perfect, but it means that he judges us that way. It means that he looks at us and says, not guilty, when we have faith in Jesus and when we have faith in what Jesus has done for us. So the gospel is the simple fact and the simple good news that we no longer have to live in bondage of sin. We no longer have to live in bondage of doubt and self-loathing because Jesus has died and become the focus of all God's wrath towards sin. He took all that on himself, and he died a brutal and horrible death, um, had nearly all the skin torn off his body, hung up on a cross, nailed to a cross naked, to take on all of God's wrath towards sin. But that wasn't the end of the story, right? This is why we celebrate Easter. It's not just for the painted eggs and the bunny. We celebrate Easter because Jesus didn't just die. He also rose from the dead. So he defeated death, okay? And because of that, when we have faith in him, we rise with him, right? When we have faith in him, God counts that to us as righteousness, and he counts that to us as salvation. He sets us free from sin, right? He sets us free from bondage. So that's the gospel in a nutshell. The gospel in a nutshell is just the good news that because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can have salvation just by having faith in him, just by believing that he was who he said he was, just by confessing that we are sinners and we coming into agreement with God that we are sinners and that we acknowledge our sin and that we acknowledge that Jesus is who he said he was and we believe that he did what he said that he did and we just accept this free gift. That's why it's good news. It's a free gift, right? It's the gift of salvation. It's the gift of grace. Um, it's the gift of love. It's not anything that we deserve, but it's something that God gives to us because of what Jesus did 
on the cross. So that, and the best way that I can put it in two minutes, is the gospel. So if you're listening to this and you have never um, accepted the gospel, if you've never experienced salvation, all you have to do is come into agreement with God that you are a sinner, that you can't stop sinning, uh, that you need help, that you're broken, and then believe that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did what he said he did and have faith in what he did for you. And that is, that's accepting the gospel. That's accepting salvation. And that is when your journey as a Christ follower will begin. And it's just, yeah. Um, awesome. And let me just, uh, let me just challenge the believer, uh, as we've, we've talked about the gospel message. Let me challenge, uh, you, Paul says in, um, um, I think it's First Corinthians five. No, Second Corinthians five. He, he talks about that we are we are Christ's ambassadors, right? And we literally we we are we are pleading with our culture be reconciled to God. And here's the message: He says that in Christ, God is is reconciling the world to Himself. And so our message to the culture is to be reconciled to God, be reconciled to God. And also Jesus says in John chapter eight that if you believe in me, you have presently you have eternal life and so that's not that's not some distant reality that we're waiting for right jesus says we have it now and so what does that mean that means we're not sitting back and waiting for it it means we have it so let's use it let's use the the, the mess that christ has given us let's use the authority that he's given us he says all authority is his in heaven and on earth go and make disciples let's do that let's do it faithfully let's do it even in in the midst of suffering and we know here's the the reference point when we're suffering for the sake of the gospel, we are preaching the biblical gospel, right? That's not, uh, so So uh, that really is where you know, it's how you know that we are doing what God has called us to do. When we find ourselves suffering, and that's, again, the um, the oxymoronic part of, of this, that through the suffering of, of his church, Christ's kingdom grows and it grows and it grows like a mustard seed uh, to a large tree. Um, so, yeah, we, we are... Uh, Thankful that you stopped by with us uh, to the Footstool Podcast. And again, this is going to be uh, something that we do um, hopefully weekly. And I'm glad, uh, Colin, you, you, you uh, hung out with us and um, excited for uh, what's to come uh, when we collaborate together. Uh, but for those that, that stopped by and listened to us, we um, hope you have a good rest of the day. Use this stuff. We, we want this, again, to be supplemental. We, want, we don't want this to be something that you watch. Uh, this doesn't need to be the only thing that you watch. Right? There's a, um, definitely uh, needs to be just supplemental. But again, it's something that we wanted to do to encourage you guys um, and so hey, god bless you guys uh take care and uh, we will see you next week Peace.